Well, God's also called people to be generous and to be leaders, but some people have a gift for it. And so I had this gift in the marketplace to create wealth, but I was trying to figure out where I fit in at a church. And I'll be honest, I couldn't fit in their normal box. Well, guys, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, what I want you to do is listen intently during this one because we have a real champion of the faith, somebody that's done a great job in business and a great job as pastor. But always what I want you to do is when we get to the end of this, put down the top three things that jumped out to you. I want the feedback loop. I guess what I'm asking for you to do is to lean in and pay attention and learn. There's really no point in listening to another podcast if there's not something out of this that you're going to implement. So as you listen, bear in mind at the end of this time, I'm going to be asking you to jot down what jumped out to you. Uh, we've got a great conversation today. Lee, uh, I've watched from a distance a whole bunch of your stuff. Uh, you're a real blessing to the body of Christ and now to Ooh. us. So we just really appreciate you. Why don't you just take some time and let everybody that's listening know who is Lee Domain. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for having me too. It's an honor to be with you and thank you for all you're doing in helping leaders and pastors and business leaders. And so, you know, I consider every time I get a chance to get on this type of, uh, whether it's podcast, it's, it's just a joy and a privilege. So I never want to lose the wonder of what God's doing. And so uh, I always want to have a spirit of we get to do this. We don't have to do it. Mm. And, you know, so I'm, I'm 58 years old. I'm here in the United States of, of chaos and uh, is what I've called it lately. But I'm here in the U.S. in the great state of Alabama, live in Birmingham. And my wife, Laura, and I have been married 33 years. And we have uh, five children, four boys and one little girl. We're empty nesters for the first time in 33 years. And so it's uh, it's. It's fun. And then you have waves of like this emotion, you know, of your kids, you know, these great experiences you had. But the gift God gives you is grandkids. So we've got seven grandchildren and uh, it's God's gift for not killing your kids. So hang <laughs> on. Better ones are coming. And uh, we, we have a great time here, but was in business for over 30, 35 years, uh, primarily in the financial tech industry, but also involved in healthcare, in oil and gas, in uh, aviation to some extent. And, but my primary drivers of business was a fintech company that provided loan originations, fraud prevention, uh, mitigated risk in the lending transaction space for about 15,000 financial institutions uh, across the, actually the globe now, but sold that company to a Dutch company it's a very large information services company back in 07. And, uh, but always in my heart had this desire uh, to do more for God, but I didn't fully understand my place inside the context of being a Christian, being part of a church, but yet wanting, knowing you had a gift to be successful in business. How does all that work? And so I've really given my life to helping pastors and business people really come together to connect the kingdom purpose. And so uh, having a blast doing it. Well, that's awesome. And it's a great calling because, you know, I think, um, I think generally there is a little bit of friction between, um, I mean, pastors and business people would be, I guess, the phrase, but I guess I see it that they're both pastors. One's a pastor to the business world and one's a pastor, yeah. you know, in the pulpit for a better word. Um, 
But before we get into your story and the successes, um, we would normally kind of do this at the end, but I just feel to drag it forward to the beginning. Can you just take a minute and kind of validate, you know, for the people that are listening, whether they're driving or running on a treadmill or mowing the lawn or, um, can you just take a minute and validate the call to business and, and where it yeah. sits in the kingdom of God? Yeah, no, it's great. Um, it wasn't until connecting to that, that actual fulfillment actually came in my own life. Mm. So I'd say it this way. Uh, many, many years ago, I was trying, we had started our company and I was trying to close a very large bank here in the U.S. and with our technology. And it was going to change the trajectory of our business. And I remember I had to, I missed a couple of Sundays at church. Now, in the south part of the U.S., you miss a couple Sundays in church, you're going to hell. Mm. And uh, so it, it's like they have this mindset of you always got to show up. So I had this guilt of not showing up because I was working on some business stuff. And I remember my pastor, I was avoiding him in the foyer of our sanctuary. And he, he looked at me and he came to me and he said, he goes, Lee, why are you avoiding me? And I said, well, pastor, I was like, I've been missing church. I'm trying to close this business deal. And it's going to change the trajectory of my life and my finances. And he said, are you kidding me? And I want you to hear this, anyone listening on this podcast, because this, this was life-changing for me. He said, Lee, he goes, you can do more for our church and the kingdom closing that deal than you could come into a church service. Now, if you're in town, you need to be here. You need spiritual family. We mm -hmm. all do. But God has called you into the marketplace, and it's a holy calling. Like, it's, it's a redemptive calling. And it's equally as important as the calling that's on my life as a pastor. Because you're out there in the marketplace and you're called from Monday through Friday. Because, you know, I'm, I'm responsible for the vision of our church, but you're responsible really to, you know, in the marketplace to impact the marketplace with your gifts of leadership. But also God blesses people in the marketplace say it this way, no missionary gets sent unless a business person gets involved. Totally. The, the building doesn't get built at a church until a business person gets involved. No girls are rescued out of the sex trade. Someone had to fund that. And so that day shifted because for 10 years prior, I would go to church and I was checking boxes. I'm here, check. I have my kids here, check. I'm going in a small group, check. I'm going on a missions trip, check. I love God, check. But I'm telling you, I was checking the boxes, but I was still unfulfilled. Yeah. And it wasn't until I came across a verse in scripture that says, Colossians 1.16, that says, we're created by God, but we're created for God. And so you got to know what you're created for to do. So if he's created us, what did he gift me to do? We all have spiritual gifts. And God's called some, let's say, all of us to be worshipers, but some people have a gift for it. So that would be people who maybe are on a worship team at a church. Well, God's also called people to be generous and to be leaders, but some people have a gift for it. And so I had this gift in the marketplace to create wealth, but I was trying to figure out where I fit in at a church. And I'll be honest, I couldn't fit in their normal box because mm. I was trying to build a business. And so I looked at it and the tension can be this. The closer you get to God, the more you look at what you do for a living as like second rate. It's just a means to an end to have finances, but we don't see it as redemptive. 
And so there's a tension even sometimes to lay down or not focus as much on business. If you draw closer to God, you almost feel like, okay, I can do ministry or business. And it's both. Yeah. They actually work hand in hand. And I'd say it this way. Work with over 16,000 pastors and churches and business leaders globally. And I say, pastor, you set the vision, but that business person sets the pace of that vision. And you need to create an ecosystem where they can plug in and be a part, not just an ATM machine for you to get money from them to give. Amen. But no, no, no. They've got leadership. They can help you help you with 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 projects and scale and organizational health and things that they've actually been very successful for in their business. So I, I think the two worlds that of business and the local church should go together and ministry and business should be tied. People say, Lee, you know, you've had success, but, and you've also had failure and I've learned through those failures, but through, through those times of good and even tough, it's like, it's not God first, your family for your family second and your vocation third, it's God first, your family first and your vocation first, because they're all tied together. Mm. And I think when you can, change your perspective to see what God has given you as a holy calling, you're going to get the fulfillment that some business people are really lacking. Sure, they built a lot of financial worth, but do you have fulfillment? Is your marriage fulfilled? Is your family life fulfilled? And I believe you can have all of those things, but it requires us staying in the lane God's created us to run in. Well, that was a ripper job of explaining that. Like, and, and obviously I knew, obviously I, kn I kind of knew where you were going to come from, which is amazing. Uh, and you and I have a very similar story in that regard. I, I remember, you know, it would be 20 years ago, uh, maybe 18 years ago, I, I went to this particular church. That was the new church I was going to go to and we, I was going to get married to my wife and raise my kids. And, and we did spend 15 years there before we kind of traveled around Australia but this pastor grabs me and he says, what's on your life? And I'm like, it's just business. I, like business, I was born for, for to, you know, to run businesses. And he says, well, in that case, I don't want to see you at the working bee. I don't want to see you on the days, like if you've got business to run, I want you to run your business. And what he said to me is the gift on your life is first and foremost to the marketplace and second to us as a church. Yeah. And, and obviously that was the first time I felt validated because I was like, you know, um, you know, like I, I just knew that, you know, I had staff and I was with them for 40 hours a week. It, it yes. was the greatest joy of my life was to pastor and in inverted, you know, yes. things like those people through their mess. Um, yeah. and, and that's where I felt like I came alive. And then, you know, come Sunday or Wednesday night and Sunday, it all made sense for me to to want to be there. And I tell yeah. you what, when I read Exodus 17, 12, which is, you know, Moses up on the hill and Joshua's in battle and Aaron and her hold up his arms, that's a picture of almost spiritual covering of pastors and the marketplace going to battle, yeah. them working incredibly well. And it's symbiotic. Without each other, it can't really work. The business person's got no spiritual covering and the pastor doesn't get a vision fund. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and it that's that's really you're you're so on point with what you're saying, and I wish business people and pastors both would really get it because I think I think their destinies of a Christian business person and a local church pastor I think they're intertwined, but it has to be healthy. It's got to be you know loyalty, honor, commitment, covenant, 
those things don't really happen unless they're reciprocated. Yeah. It can never be one-sided. Yeah. And, and so uh, a, a guy that, that prays for me every day, he basically told me years ago, he said, Lee, he goes, to the degree a pastor and a business person honor each other's gifts is the degree of God's favor yeah. on their endeavors together. Yeah. And I truly believe that. Oh, hey, I hope you're enjoying this week's episode. Listen, I'm just here training a group here in this room, but I need you to subscribe to my channel. Guys, do you think they should subscribe to the channel? Yeah! Guys, please, subscribe. I wanted to pull this out because this is not a common scenario. Now, I can't speak for the US. I've, you know, I was there last week, but I haven't spent much time there collectively. Um, but... But I reckon the vast majority of people that would be tuning into this podcast would say, I'm not validated by my pastor um, or, or I am to the degree that I can give to a project. Yeah. Um, what would you say to those people? What would you say to those no, people? Firstly, that, yeah. to comfort them. But second of all, what would they do about that practically? Yeah, I think it's a, I think that's a large segment. I really believe that's a large segment of people that, they don't know uh, again, and I think one, if start praying, boy, I would take this step: start praying for your pastor, mm -hmm. start praying for him daily. Don't ask anything of them; just start praying for them. Look at ways that you can serve in your area of gifting, and be faithful in the pursuit, but trust God with the outcome. Don't try to go make things happen. Just simply be like for me, my pastor in Louisiana's greatest gift to me. For three years, I prayed for him. I was not at his church. I met him one time and just felt this impression and this weight, start praying for him. Did not know I would be at his church three years later. And I prayed for him for three years. Did never ask anything of him. And so then I started going to their church and he never asked anything of me. And I'm sitting there going, man, I got three years worth of praying invested in this guy. And I'm not... You know, we're really, yeah, we're connecting, but it's, 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 you know, this, I can help him is what I was thinking. I can really help him. But he also was honoring me that he didn't want it to be about what I was going to do for him. Yeah. He wanted, and, and don't miss this listeners. He wanted to help me become rich where I was poor. And I was poor in areas of relationship. I was poor in areas of my life. And all he did was give me access to his world. He started connecting with me. And then I started asking, hey, what's, what's, what's on your life? Ask your pastor, what is the vision that God's given them to reach their community in the world? Yeah. And, yeah, and if your pastor doesn't have vision, you need to pray for him, but that may not be the church you need to be at. And that's a really good point, right? Because one thing that I'm... I've heard you say a couple of things in my research. Um, uh, you say uh, 60, this is an American stat, but my guess would, would be across the whole Western church. 67% of giving is outside of the church. So two thirds typically of- By Christians, by, yeah, Christians. by Christians. So two thirds is outside of the church. One third is in the church. That's one element of this. Another one is what you said before, the pastor sets the vision, the business owners set the pace, which they kind of go hand in hand, those two issues. What would you say then to somebody who's sitting there going, I'm hitting my head against a brick wall. I'm praying for my pastor, 
but their vision is not for a community or for the ecclesia or you know to to redeem culture it's for more buildings for the sake of buildings it's whatever 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 and i'm struggling to see an roi on the vision that's set which is why 20 percent of my money will go to 20 you know 60 percent will go to redeeming kids from sex slavery and only one third goes in here like what would you yeah. say to those people? Because it's kind of right, but it's kind of wrong at the same time, right? You can, yeah. I can empathize with them, but it doesn't really fix the issue. Yeah, I think, I think that I see the local, you, and if you've done your research, you've maybe heard me say this before, but I see the local church as a kingdom mutual fund. Now, I'm going to qualify that. A healthy local church is a kingdom mutual fund. It's not just about the building. I think we're pastors, and if you have pastors that are listening uh, right now, I think, yes, communicate that building that needs to be get done, but don't stop communicating what you're doing locally, nationally, and globally to world missions. Yeah. Don't stop the, the widow that's being taken care of, the sex trafficking victims that are being rescued, because what happens is, is the church is best positioned to bring both the physical needs, but also the spiritual component. So my wife and I founded an anti-trafficking organization years ago. We've rescued over 500 girls here in America. Well, we can do those great noble things, but if we don't, if we withhold the gospel, if we withhold the greatest gift of all, which is salvation through Jesus Christ, we lose. We did something noble in the moment. So I think you have to look at your local church as a kingdom mutual fund. It's diversified. There are real estate demands, buildings, projects that need to happen. There are next generation students, children, uh, college. They're all the leadership, education. And then also there's local missions and outreach to your community. There's also what you're doing in your region. And there's also what you're doing throughout the world. It's like take the gospel to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. So there's a progression there. But I think churches don't just talk about the building, talk about what we're going to do, what we've done, and what we could do if. Yeah. And I think when you communicate the entire vision, not just the one that's the big rock for you, I think that's what causes pastors, because people have passion points. Some people are passionate about global missions. They want to see the China, China come to Christ. They want to see South America come to Christ. They want to see uh, what's going on in Russia. They want to see uh, the gospel advance. Well, they may want to see because they were impacted addiction recovery. Yeah. And so, but to me, the church is best positioned when they're handling and focusing on the entire mission, yeah. not just a pet project. And, and I think, so then the answer comes back to what you just said before, right? Which is um, pray for your pastor, but also speak to them and say, what's on your heart? Because one of the one of the criticisms could be, well, they don't do any work in the community. That, that could be a business person's point of view or 2% of our money goes to the community and 90% gets gobbled up in the machine, right? Whatever. But the pastor on the other hand could be going, well, it's because I'm, because, because only one third's coming here, I'm actually, my hands are tied. So, yeah. so part of this would be, Hey, what is on your, what, what is the vision? And the business owner may not be in a position to write big checks, but they might be able to say, Hey, let's just get started in a small way. And it puts them right. on the same page, right? Let's buy those right. ten backpacks for the homeless people. I can cover that bit, right? And then, and then it'll, and then it'll build from there. So, um, but I think the relationship. I think business people, 
when you're asking the pastor, what's the vision to reach our city? I think that's a fair question. I think the when you when you make it just about one thing or you're unapproachable, I think you're you, I don't I think those days are over. Yeah. I don't think you're gonna build the kingdom of God with isolation, walls, secrecy, non-transparency. I think those days are over. I think that we have to actually come together and say, you know what? We're not members of a church. We're owners. Yeah. We have an ownership mentality. And so let's do this together because none of us are as good as all of us. Yeah. And if none of us are as good as all of us, but pastor, I need to honor the mantle and the vision God's given my pastor. And if I don't agree with the vision, go find a church that you do agree with the vision of that yeah. pastor. But make sure your heart is tender and right. Yeah. Don't don't take offense to where you're trying to come in and control. Because I would say, I tell my business people, we have a thousand 16 business leaders that are part of what we call a legacy team. And those are very, they're very generous, but it's 25 year olds that are giving small amounts, but from a percentage perspective, it's a lot. Mm. And so it's equally as important as the large million dollar gift. Yeah. And so we want to steward those relationships. Well, those people, I tell them, look, it's not about you. It's not about me either. And it's not about pastor. It's about reaching the lost. Mm. It's about, doing things and making a difference in Jesus name. So if a pastor is setting this vision, he's got to communicate what the in, the outcomes and the impact is. So you've got to communicate the difference we're making in a language that resonates with that business person. Say it this way. Don't talk about a second campus if you can't communicate the wins or the outcomes at your current campus. Yeah. But if you can communicate that how we are winning, and that winning is not always financial. It can be a metrics of people, life change. It's people impact. So how is our church impacting our community and impacting lives and families? Well, you got to communicate that. So we actually have like we would run our business. It's on great information. Peter Drucker said, the great investment guru, he says, you can't manage what you don't measure. And so we are painfully focused on measuring the numbers and the outcomes because the numbers represent a life. And so simply, you don't have to give to us, but if you see the return on investment or I'd yeah. qualify it and talk of you know, the eternal return on investment, if we quantify that, and you see that it's valuable, I think every business person wants to invest in something that's making a significant impact because they're all about the ROI. So let's just position a church because a lot of churches, a lot of churches are doing great stuff, but they communicate it horribly. Yeah. And they just focus on the new building yeah. or the big capital project yeah. instead of all the life change that's happening, which is the why behind what we do. And so I think that's so perfectly said, right? And and hopefully we have a bunch of pastors that listen to the show, so hopefully they can jump on that. Because I find that business people sitting in the pews are half in and half out. And when they hear that stuff, the EROI, the, the souls, the reason, the, the facilities are there to facilitate salvation yes. and, 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 and spiritual yes. discipleship, when they hear that, they just lean in. Right. right. Without it's not that, about the building. It's not about the building. It's about the life change that happens in the building and, and then leaves the building that's right. and goes impacts the world. And, and business people know that because we don't lease offices for the sake of saying we lease offices. <laughs> we lease offices so that we can put our team in them so they can all do the great work to move the needle on the business. And yeah. and that's essentially the you know, the same the same thing. 
I, I want to go back to your business story now because we spent a whole bunch of time talking about the body of Christ, which is beautiful and I love it. Um, you had, from what I could see, there were, there were basically two success stories. One didn't end super well. So uh, take us back to that first business because yeah. it, you, hit, you hit meteorite success, but what happened from yeah. there? Yeah, it was uh, it was a great learning journey. And so when in uh, in 1992 and 1993, I had come up with the first concept to virtualize automotive sales online. Now, the Internet was dial up. It was screens painting. Uh, The concept and the vision was spot on. The application uh, was maybe not at its highest level, but the business went from zero to $50 million in two years. And so it was highly successful. I'm thinking, man, I'm going to retire before I'm 30 years old. And, but to be frank with you, and I can give reasons in the natural of like obstacles from, I was a disruptor. I disrupted a very well-capitalized multi-billion dollar industry from a retail side of that. It scared them to death. And so they got lost past and, you know, to legislate me out of business. But really, if I really was honest, it was really more uh, that business had become my identity and my God. And so I didn't have the character to sustain the blessing, honestly, that was there. And so as that business two years after that spike failed, I remember crying out to God, like, how can this happen? I'm giving 20% of my income away. I'm, I'm, I'm obeying the things most of the things in your word. And so I go on this journey, but you see the world will take a business failure and they'll want it to define you. And God wants it to refine you. And so I chose the latter. And so I started a whole nother business with really nothing. My wife and I started completely over. And so uh, in a rent house, and I'll never forget as we started building that business, and, you know, I didn't have $50 million, but I did have 50. And I'll never forget praying, asking God, Lord, if you bless me again, I promise I'm going to do, I'm going to do this right. And I didn't settle and I pressed in. And all we had was $50 over our tithe. We tithe to our local church. We believe in that. And so, but over it, we had 50 bucks. And I remember going to my pastor and saying, this was a, uh, this was a different pastor, but going to my pastor, the one who in, called me out years later about kingdom purpose, he said, uh, I said, I believe God's called me to fund the vision of our church and the kingdom. And I told him my story and he was leaning in, kind of excited. Then I told him, well, we got 50 bucks more than our tithe. <laughs> and I was embarrassed to even say that. But God was doing a work in me of refining. So we were faithful with two $25 a gift uh, gifts every month to our church, to two missions projects that we were working on. That grew to five projects a month, then 10 projects a month, then the dollar amounts as our business grew over years, not months, not weeks, years. We were building and growing an oak tree, not a weed. Mm -hmm. Too many of us want to build weeds and it doesn't last. I was going to build an oak tree this time for generations. And so we started being faithful with that 50. Well, then all of a sudden 
the dollar amount started going up. We were giving 100, 200, 300, 400 per project. Mm. Then the projects grew to 20 projects a month, then 30, then 50, then 80, then 100, then 120, then 140, then 145 projects we were giving to every month. And it was, it had equated over a period of years to many millions of dollars as God blessed our business. And so simply be faith. God doesn't hold us accountable or really care about what we don't have, but he wants us to be faithful with what we do have. God gives seed to the sower, not seed to the keeper. Mm. He doesn't even give seed to the reaper. He gives it to the sower. And so we started funding these projects. And then we looked back after several years and it was like, God had done amazing impact. And the th for the first three or four of those years, they didn't know where it was coming from because mm -hmm. we set up an entity that was kind of anonymous, called it the chest of Joe Ash. What's that exactly? What's that? And so we were funneling this money and people didn't know where it was coming from. We were just trying to be very low key because it wasn't about us. You know, when God gives a man or woman a vision, when it's a God-sized vision, you can't execute it in man-sized strength. Totally. You simply be faithful and start with what you do have and simply be faithful. So if you're a if you if you are a barista at a I don't know if y'all still have Gloria Jeans, but if you're a barista at Gloria Jeans Coffee or you own 50 Gloria Jeans, you simply be faithful with what God's given you right there in that moment mm -hmm. and let him breathe it, bring the increase. And that's what God did. And so the second business is today still very successful and I, it allowed me to buy and invest in long-term acute care hospitals uh, uh institutional pharmacy aviation it provided us the opportunity to do a lot of things in real estate but if i would have never been see people know the multi-millions but they don't know the 50 right the 50 yeah. the multi-millions would have never happened if i wouldn't have been faithful with the 50. so that's awesome right to success fell over success again. I don't want to skip over uh, that first failure because you went from zero to 50 million in two years. There are people listening that that's their dream, right? We celebrate yeah. in this world today, you know, facades over foundations. We, 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 we all want the showmanship, right? And, and we all want God to do some super miracle in our lives. Would you be so kind as to take us through, you said character, you didn't have the character to sustain it. Yeah. What do you mean? Like what sort of things yeah. were there in your character that somebody can learn from today so they don't have to repeat your mistake? Yeah, I think um, I think I was giving to justify the private life I was living. Right. I think right. that I was looking like, at it. Like buying where, God off, buying God off with yeah, a little yeah. bit of money. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I, I'm going to give and I'm going to support. I had given away 32 cars to different pastors around the country. I'd give just like, it was radical generosity, which started out pure, but I think it got to where in my heart that it was more of an affirming uh, thing for me. And it was more of an identity thing for me than putting my focus on the Lord. And it was more about the affirmation of men and, and, and people in my life and the fame and the, and the, uh, the fame and fortune the the planes the ferraris the the all the different things that you can do that you can get in trapped in to where none of those things are bad if they don't have you well they got me and so my identity started to become in that and what i was giving 
rather than just who I was giving to, meaning I'm, I'm doing this out of obedience to you, Lord. And so I lost the innocence in that by it becoming about me. And when you have money, you can camouflage behavior for a season. And so we've got to have the right foundation laid. So I believe God gives you a dream team. I didn't have all of these four. I think number one, the most important relationship God gives you is the Holy Spirit. Yes. The Holy Spirit is the comforter, the advocate. And he says, it, it, but Jesus didn't even start his ministry until the Holy Spirit came. I think you've got the most important human relationship is your spouse. I think that you need to have an inner circle. Jesus had 50, he, uh, 70 he sent out. He had 12 disciples, lost one of those. And then he had inside of that three and one. He had, a, he had this close relationship. So it was different levels of access and intimacy. I think he's modeled that. We need an inner circle in our life. And then we also need the fourth to this prong, this four prong chair is we need an intercessor. We need somebody who's covering us in prayer. And I think when we have those four things, it allows us not to believe our own press releases, not to allow our identity to be caught up in what we have, but more in just simply being obedient. So I have a phrase. It comes to me to go through me. John Wesley said this. He said this. The great John Wesley said, the more money I get, the faster I give it away, lest it get my heart. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a brilliant analogy. I'm not, I'm, and I'm not about you giving away everything in your life until, unless God told you to do that. But I'm about making sure that the things don't have me, that there's not something. So there's nothing I won't give away, giving away homes, giving away just different things in life. Because if I feel like it has, uh -uh, I want to be, I, want, I don't want it to stick to me. I want it to be a conduit. And when you do that, I think God blesses that. And I think that's what we're, take, we're supposed to take from the rich young ruler, right? You know, that right. we yeah. read in the, because that's not, uh, it's been used as a scripture to basically say no one should have any money, which is obviously incorrect. Um, but because the, the final part of that story is it says he went away sad because he had great wealth. But I think a better translation was he went away sad because great wealth had him. Right. And, and I, I, well I kind of feel like I don't know how this would have played out, but I used my godly imagination. And I think if he had turned around to Jesus and said, righto, I will go. I will go and sell everything. Wait here. I'm coming back. He would have taken two steps. And if he meant it, God would have said, and now you don't have to sell it all. I just it would have been, an, it would have been an Abraham. Would. Yeah, it would have been an Abraham Isaac moment where yeah. he said, I want you to I want you to sacrifice Isaac to me which is super harsh. I don't know if I could ever, I couldn't do that with my son, but he stopped him. He said, okay, yeah. I just wanted, it was a test. Yeah. And I think God, God, the thing about a test with God is he never speaks to you during a test. Kind of like the teacher in school. You can't ask a question, raise your hand during a test. You that's put brilliant. Your, put your hand that's, down. That's, and so, a, that's so, a great distinction. And so God's not going to speak to you in a test. And so what we have to do is we got to keep walking through it. And so whoever told you growing up that the test builds character, they lied to you. <laughs> it's how you respond to the test that builds our character. That's so cool. Uh, you touched on intercessors. Um, yeah. I have intercessors on staff. I, I don't know why, except I realized that I wasn't good enough to hold all this together on my own. Um, <laughs> how did you go about that? 
you know, because that's not yeah. common. I, I wouldn't say that's common, especially here in Australia. But, you know, with my US friends, it wouldn't be common. Um, what, what made you come to that decision and how did you go about finding intercessors? Yeah, uh, to, I had, I've had two and I'm gonna, something I was just, just dealing with yesterday. And I'm going to be real open with your, with your audience because I think this is critical. But I had two intercessors in my life. One was, a, he was really a spiritual dad. His name was Bill McCartney. He founded Promise Keepers, which was a men's movement uh, in the 90s. That they, they've reached millions, seven, eight million men through this. He was a football coach, uh, the gridiron type football in the States, won the national championship in the Hall of Fame. Well, I just, I had blessed him by providing some travel for him one time to come to our church and I brought him home. And so I'm on the plane with him traveling back and we just connected and he looked at me and he says, you know, it's important. The armor of God just protects the front. It doesn't protect the back. Never references the backside. He goes, that's a job of an intercessor and you need people praying for you. And he said, son, and he whips out this notebook and he wrote, he goes, what are the names of your kids? And I gave them to him. He says, I'm going to commit to pray for you by name every day for the rest of my life. <laughs> and I'm like, it, it was a moment. Yeah. And so I was like, man, this great man of God that's going to commit. And he has. And now he's, he's, he's having some really challenges uh, in, in, his, in memory care now. And, uh, and, you know, and so it's, uh, but to have someone like that, and I knew he was praying for me. But I also had a medical doctor that came to me years ago that he and I just became friends. And he said, you know what? I'm not a good business person. Uh, I don't, I'm not gifted in a lot of areas, but I know how to pray. And God has gifted you in business. And as you're, as God is using you, see, because prophetic, I think intercessors almost have a little yeah, prophetic gift. Definitely. And yeah. so they he can really see well. some things in me. And so he basically says, man, I'm going to start praying for you. And God would speak to him about my kids and he would offer these different things. And our relationship just got so close. And, uh, and he basically said, look, I want to, I'm going to commit to pray for you every day. He goes, I'm praying for my wife and my two sons. And then I'm praying for you, Laura, and your kids. And he has helped me so much. And so it became to where I'm communicating and you have to be willing to communicate with your intercessors. So there's gotta be a high trust level. Mm. You gotta tell them really what's going on. You can't give them some smoke screen. Yeah. You gotta tell them, look, hey, I'm, this is where I'm going. This is what I'm doing. This is what I'm struggling with. These are the dynamics, would you, you know, and it's gotta be someone who's high discretion. They're a vault. Yeah. They're never gonna share it with anyone. They don't want any credit. No at all so they're completely confidential they don't need their ego to be fed matter of fact they don't want that hat to happen and uh and so but they have a gift of prayer in in a session they can pray the paint off the wall hmm. and they want to be in private but god will speak to them and i think you know now that i've lost coach mccartney um and alan uh who's a the close doctor friend of mine um, last night there was, there's a guy, uh, my pastor and I were talking to, and I'm being pretty open when I'm going to say what I'm going to say to your group. But this guy is a profound intercessor. And like, if I shared with you his name, you would know his name, like globally influence. 
And God had put me on his heart 12 hours before and called his, my pastor and said, can you get this guy on the phone? I have a word for him. And he says, you got to amp up your covering. Mm. Like you're impacting 17,000 churches. And he goes, the spiritual dynamics of that, don't take that lightly. Yeah. And he goes, you got to amp that up. You got to ramp that up. You know, and so there's levels of intercessors. So there's intercessors that you may have that pray for you. You may have a team of seven that are praying for you. And, and then there's maybe three that know everything. Yeah. And that, so because and those relationships have to be developed over time. Yeah. Um, if someone came to me and said, hey, I'm praying for you and I want to be your intercessor today, I would say, Let's go to coffee. Maybe let's connect. Let's develop some relationship. Yeah. Because I don't want any ulterior motives. And yeah. you, when, when God wants, I say it this way when God wants to bless you, he brings a person in your life. Mm. When the enemy wants to destroy you, he brings a person in your life. Yeah. You have to apply the weapon and hear me on this. It's a weapon of patience and it'll force deception to reveal itself. Mm. So in your relationships with an intercessor, you got to be slow. Yeah. You can't just go quick with them and start opening up your world. They have to have tremendous credibility yeah. and a track record that is long. And someone who, whose life is worth emulating that you trust them mm. to go there with them. And so I would take the steps just to simply start. Start praying for God to bring that in your mm. life. Talk to your pastor and say, hey, do we have any intercessors here at our church that you fully trust? Mm. That I, your pastor may be become that intercessor, yeah. or there may be someone inside the church that has that intercessory gift, mm. and they'll help you walk through that to be able to provide that covering. Because hear me out, you're going in the marketplace, which is a battleground. Yeah, it is no different than the old kings that went to war in the Old Testament, and that they would go and kick tail and bring back the spoils of war, yeah. and they bring it to the priest to fulfill the vision that God had on the house of God. Yeah. And so those relationships have not changed from thousands of years, but you need somebody who's covering your backside that says, yeah. you know what? I got your back. So you go kick butt in the kingdom, in the marketplace, and let's go seize ground. And I got your back. What I love so much about this conversation is I don't, I can't find many people to have a chat like this with, because for most people, <laughs> they, they just don't see the spiritual battle at this level. Do you find that they don't want to be paid? I struggle to you, you end up having to send loads of gifts to these people because they don't want well, anybody. If anybody was to come to me and say, I want 80 bucks a week to pray for you, I'd probably have a problem with that. But they, they, they just want to you just bless them, right? Is that your relationship? Yeah, yeah what, what I did, I blessed them. I blessed them uh, un, unsolicited. Just um, if I'm going to, I want to be a blessing at the pace the Bible says that a man should decide in his own heart what to give, never under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And in that, so I want to give as, the, as I feel God's giving me and my wife, which is super important, our oneness in our decisions. But to be able to give and support things uh, as God speaks to me on those things. Number one, um, I'll tell you what actually happened with, with one of the gentlemen. Uh, I gave them a small percentage of equity in my business. Wow. They didn't ask for it, but I was like, no, you're invested in this. I want to give you some equity in business. And when it sold, it was blessing to them. 
And so, but it was just like, no, no, no. I want you to be an owner. You've got a stake in this. Didn't ask him. He didn't buy in. I gave it to him because what he provided for me was priceless. And have you got a story where you've acted on your, what your intercessor says and, yeah. uh, and, it, and it produced a huge amount of fruit? Give, give Because I want yeah, this I'll to bubble up for people. Yeah, I'll give you one. I'm walking into a bank to present to them the first time our platform to get it integrated in their bank, which that's going to take six months to a year. The legal process, the compliance process, the integration in all the different things that it takes to get done. And this is our first meeting with all the executives, which was a win, but I'm literally in the parking lot of this bank and I get a text from my intercessor and he says, hey bro, call me real quick, it's important. I call him, he says, where are you? I said, I'm in the state of Mississippi and I'm about to go into this bank. And he goes, um, he goes, man, God just put you on my heart. And I want to tell you this, don't leave the meeting without a signed agreement. <laughs> I said, brother, you didn't hear from God. That was a bad burrito you ate. I was like, there's no way. You, this, is a, this, is a, this is a national bank that's publicly traded that has all of these regulations. It's going to be a long time. I appreciate you, brother. I love you. And then I hung up the phone. I go into this bank. We had the agreement with us, but I go and we spend the whole day with every different department head and we get to the legal team. We get through. They're like, I really don't see any issues with this agreement, which is a huge blessing. So we get back to the executive vice president who calls the COO of the bank because he's leaving to go on vacation. He's in his car drinking a margarita headed to the beach and he's... <laughs> He's calling him and he says, hey, he goes, I really would like to do this deal. And I could tell by the conversation that it, the guy wasn't buying into it. He was not going to, he says he was trying to delay it. And my guy, my representative was like pushing it. And I'm like, oh man, this is great. Maybe this word of like, don't leave without an agreement is actually going to happen. But then I saw it going south. I could hear it in the language. And so my business partner and my CFO, we start praying. And Wes, we're praying out loud in that guy's office. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Enemy's not taking this deal. And we're a new, small company. But I'm like, oh, no. So we're praying. We're warfare and in this guy's office. He's looking at us like, <laughs> what in the heck are y'all doing? He keeps looking. And he, he goes back to his phone call. And then all of a sudden, he goes, man, he goes, thank you so much. I, I, I believe in these guys. I think this is going to be great for our bank. Thank you for letting me do this. Hangs up the phone. He says, I can sign the deal. Wow. That deal brought $2 million a month to our business. Nice. Nice. So are we going to settle? Or are we going to be prayed up and we're going to trust God? God can move water. He can move people's hearts. He can move you know, he, he's in control. He's not sitting up there going, I'm concerned who's in the White House in the U.S. I'm concerned who's prime minister. I think we have an inflation issue that maybe I'm not going to have enough supply to actually fulfill what I want to do. Give me a break. Yeah. God's sitting there saying, no, 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 no. I'm waiting on you guys to move. And will you trust me? Yeah. That's so good.
That is so, so good. Hey, can you just quickly give us, um, you've got some books, uh, you've got uh, Kingdom Builders. Can you just give us a bit of a synopsis on what you're up yeah. to and where somebody could find yeah. out a little bit more about what you're doing? Yeah, I've written four books that uh, honestly, um, one's a devotional, uh, one is a family meeting guide. We take our family on an annual meeting, which is like a board meeting of a Fortune 100 company, where we talk about vision values and we, we affirm each other. We talk about our, our mission as a family, where we want to be generous, but why to have set values and the why behind that. And it's changed the trajectory of our family. See, the world's going to try and dictate to your family what your values are. Yeah. Don't tell them what the values are. Let them be collaborative in creating those values with you. And then you'll raise children that have a heart change, not are just compliant while they're under your roof and then go crazy when you leave because the world is going to dictate them. So give them something better. Mm. Also have a, two other books called Pearls of the King, which is kind of a become kind of a staple for the relationship between pastors and business people. And then there's my latest book called Stay in Your Lane. Don't see what God's given you and the lane he's given you as, uh, as something that's inferior. Don't see it as a limitation. See it as an invitation. And uh, so stay in your lane is a, is a great resource, again, for leaders, both pastors and business. You can find all of those resources on Amazon, or you can find them at Kingdom Builders, plural, kingdombuilders.us. Um, and there's other resources that you can find. Um, but again, thank you so much for, for having me. Uh, I just want to honor you for what you're doing in providing a media platform to help people. You're providing value to people. And, uh, and I think it's so needed today um, right. in the world that we're in. So God bless you. Yeah, thanks, Lee. And what a blessing the way you are. You are wonderfully vulnerable and, and all of those things, which is what we need, right? We don't need any more yeah. facades. That's the world's full of right. it, right? We, we need right. people that are prepared to kind of open themselves up a little bit and, and tell the truth, the good and the bad, which is what you've done a brilliant yeah. job of. So we appreciate your heaps. So guys, that was awesome. Now, what I need you to do is, like I said at the start, think about what was the top one, two or three things that jumped out to you and put it in the comments. Also, go check out kingdombuilders.us and go and see Lee's products. Lee, bless you, mate. Thank you so much for your time. God bless you.